So, ladies and gentlemen, it is currently 12.05 Central Time. It is the 22nd of March, and today I bring you guys the 19th episode of the Anatomy Podcast, in which, obviously, I hope you guys enjoy the intro that I shall be editing in there, featuring our good friend here, Bryce, from Divine Destruction, and obviously, you guys know who the guy on the bottom is. He is returning for a third time. And most likely, we will be having him return for his other respective projects as time passes. But today, as I said, it is going to be the Anatomy Podcast session with none other than Divine Destruction. This is a project that Mr. Bryce is putting together with the help of Alex. And I mean, to say the least, we're going to be helping them promote in more ways than one. For he is currently looking for musicians to bring divine destruction to the stage, to the limelight, live action. You get what I mean. It's going to be a fun time, and I wish him the best of luck in finding live musicians, because that probably is the hardest part about getting a band project together. And then after that, it's just the chemistry, seeing who needs to be plucked out, replaced, all that fun stuff. But that's more of like a, <laughs> uh, it's more of like a soulless way to approach that. So, as you guys know, with the Anatomy Podcast formula, we have two different sections that we usually cover. First, we ask the questions about the people, the musicians in the project itself. We ask them all of the non-elementary questions like, where, where were you born? Like, where did you grow up? How did you get into music? Um, what are like the top five records that, I mean, period, you were into growing up or that helped you forge the sound that you're doing today slash top five artists that help you kind of inspire or inspired you to get into what you are doing now and helped you forge the band sound. So first, start, starting off, how are you gentlemen doing today? Doing good. Doing, yeah, doing well. Stoked to be on the podcast again with you. <laughs> yeah, good to have you back, man. So you guys, again, know Alex. We've had him a couple times here on the podcast, and it's always a pleasure to bring him back. So it is going to be Bryce starting off. Now, Bryce, my friend, you can take as much time as you need, provide us as much detail, because this is basically a documentary music history podcast. We want to know everything you feel relevant to part one, becoming a musician, getting into the music scene. What is your story on that? You may take it away. So uh, growing up, I uh, was in like a weird spot. Like, you know, how people usually find themselves at like age like 12 to 13 years old, like all the stuff they get into and, you know, kind of like influences how they grow up as a person, you know, what they're into. Right. Me, I was in a very, very awkward spot, kind of, because like there are no other musicians in my house. I have four sisters, no brothers. Mm. my parents are together it was like a standard like smith house if you will yeah like uh there were no issues like you know i you know throughout like middle school and high school i would have, I would have friends that would be like oh dude my parents are fighting right you know, i have depression then i'm over here like i can't relate at all yeah 
than to say less. I grew up in a very, very healthy household. And that's good. That's always good. I mean, I I can. No, you go. Sorry. It just gets like downplayed a lot. Like, you know, it's like you you don't know, like, yeah, I'm going through. I'm like, you're right. I don't. But like, you can drown in 10 feet of water. You can drown in two inches of water. Exactly. And here's the thing, too. And this is like something that Chester Bennington has brought up in the past. Like, everybody is going through their own thing. Everybody has depressions. Everybody has emotional peaks in their life. And it's like a, it's like a graph, man. It just goes back and forth, back and forth. And you don't really know when it's going to climb down, when it's going to fall off a cliff or when it's going to climb that mountain and get to the very, very top. Um, and that's always important to recognize. It's always important to validate. And I'm with you on that because growing up, I think the only thing that I had going on with my own immediates my own immediate family was just like kind of how dysfunctional we ended up being over time, but on an exponentially significant level, like even my own siblings at this very moment, they crave the idea of moving out of the house and just getting out on their own. One of them's only 18. The other is only about 15 and they're already done. They're like, okay, this isn't working. We want to go. Um, but yeah, to say the least, it's, it's important to recognize that everybody has things going on and while whilst you continue your story i'm sure there was um a couple things going on so by all means yeah, let's see like let's... I, I was uh, like i was never really into music at all you know so uh i remember when i was like trying to like illegally download songs that i, I would like and it'd be all over the place yeah a little ipod mm-hmm. i would sit there and i'd be embarrassed like to tell my sister one of my older sisters that would help me i'd be like random bands like to be honest i've never really been a fan of slipknot so it's not like Mm. (laughs) (laughs) well no that's that's completely fine that's completely fine but like i I just never like you know got into that kind of music you know right more or less like i had a couple breaking benjamin songs i had like maybe two lincoln park songs and like other stuff i'd be like you know, you listen to like heavy bass hitting rap, you know, put that on there. Yeah. It might make me look cool. Right. And uh, yeah, just never really had music like really influence me like that. And then uh, I remember one day, one of my other older sisters was driving me. I can't remember where she was driving me at, but I remember like the road and she puts on the Devil Wears Prada. Oh, damn. Okay. And I'm sitting here like, what is this? <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. What is this? And, I uh, like it. <laughs> I remember it was a zombie EP. It was uh, outnumbered because, you know, they had that crazy intro for it. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, this is crazy. You know, this is this is wild. Right. I don't know if I like this, though. And then yeah. another friend who I recently just met, like, during that time period, and... I'm hanging out with him in his bedroom, and he puts on Of Mice and Men, the Flood EP, or album, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, same thing. Like, this is this is kind of crazy, you know, like, what yeah. is this? And like, I, I would try listening to it, because I'm like, for some reason, like, I just kept thinking about it. So I was like, I must like it. So I'm sitting here trying to listen to it. And I'm like, I don't know if I like this. And then I like, yeah. go on YouTube, and I just search up fucking death metal, because that's what I thought it was, or screaming. <laughs> and then... One of the best bands I've ever heard 
comes up on my recommended, you know, look up and I, it's a lyric video, one of those like old fashioned, like, uh, I can't remember the dude's name. It's like Hex of something. Because <laughs> he made lyric videos for the entire somatic defilement Whitechapel album. Oh, okay. Uh, it was Vice Eric Sizer. And I'm sitting here watching the lyrics and like doing all this. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, dude, this is the shit. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, that's when I like clicked. Like, like yeah. this is the shit. So like that was like when I was like what thirteen or fourteen years old when I finally like came around and like started liking uh, heavy metal. I, like when I talked to other people about it, they like you know they went from like Slipknot to like other bands that are like kind of in that same genre. Yeah, like, got heavier. I like. Whoop. Yeah, you jumped. <laughs> you jumped, and I'm with you on that. We've uh, we've I've discussed it with other musicians before on the podcast, but I think. I even went from like Pierce the Veil, Blackfoot Bride, Sleeping with Sirens, because I was friends with plenty of emo kids. And you know, that's that's the culture, that's what it's called. And then immediately, um, one of their mothers, actually, the mom of one of my friends who was having me listen to all this stuff, she's like, What is this pussy shit? Because you know, she's old fashioned. So she immediately has us jumping over to Cannibal Corpse, Marilyn Manson, Slipknot. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? But this is great. So like I'm I'm again I'm with you on that. Sometimes you just have to make that bigger jump because I know I started out with dubstep, went to emo, and then immediately to Cannibal Corpse. Like what the fuck? But it worked out in the end for sure. So yeah, like you you weren't really plugging into music early on, but you were definitely getting introduced to things by your older sisters, which is actually pretty cool. And then another one of your friends introduced you to a mice and men and then a mice and men transitioned to Whitechapel, which again yeah that's a pretty big jump but nonetheless some very staple bands at the community whether it's slipknot or not per se like very staple bands and i mean continue i want it i'm definitely excited to hear the rest of this <laughs> and then like uh then i heard chelsea grin and i'm mm. sitting here thinking that's not a band that's a girl so this is a girl on the vocals. <laughs> she sounds scary as fuck. And then like uh, I like Google imaged her and it was her. <laughs> and then I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. Like it All just right. gradually got heavier and heavier as we went on. Yeah. And I'm yeah, I mean, I think the heaviest I've listened to now is like Makluk and Meth Witch, which are like pretty deep in a scene. Yep, you, you have to Meth look at the is sick. Meth, which is pretty fucking sick. And I mean, I've also mentioned that on the podcast before, but Cameron, if you're listening, I would love to have you on at some point because you are an absolute legend. You're like the beginning of people just sounding like they're actually getting murdered when they scream. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously, that, that's what his screams sound like. And he, I think he even describes it as that. It's like, just imagine getting murdered. The pain in your voice, the strain in your voice, and that's how I do it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's that's a great place to fucking start for high tea kettle whistles and stuff. But basically, um, just to kind of recap on everything, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this on Spotify and uh, don't know, um, like basically who and who is in the episode, I guess. Um, Bryce is the vocalist for Divine Destruction, and we'll definitely have that for the YouTube title that way it's a little bit easier and uh, we'll have it in the description as well but just to let you guys know this is the vocalist and then alex savenier is the guy who's been helping him write the instrumentals but 
as we continue with that little section, learning more and more about Bryce's musical background, um, I then have to kind of get closer to modernizing the continuity that is the musical investment of Mr. Bryce. Um, so after all of that, after all those musicians that you got plugged into, you got heavier and heavier and heavier. Um, what made you finally decide to go ahead and get together and like want to, what made you want to be a vocalist? That would be a pretty good question. It's just like, do you have any inspirations or, or were you like, okay, this sounds pretty sick. Let's get so, into it. I was still like getting into it. And then uh, my sister showed me the greatest band to come out of Florida. Attila. Ooh, Attila. <laughs> They're from Georgia, but the vocalist says in Florida. Yeah, yeah. I was sitting there. She went uh, took uh, she took me to go see Attila, and I didn't realize how big like Chris Bronzak really is. Yeah. Or some shit like that. And, like that was the first show that I went to, and I was like sitting there like mesmerized. Like this dude's like fucking pleasing the shit out of the crowd. The crowd's like hurt, you know hurting each other. <laughs> yeah. I want to do that, you know. I want to see people do that from the stage, you know. I want to, yeah. I want to do that, and then I started practicing vocals, and I was very terrible at first. Right. I mean, everybody starts out terrible. I was, I was doing that, yeah, 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 like when I was first starting out, but then it's just like, and it just progressed from there. You just got to keep on doing it. Um, and you are self-taught, right? You haven't had any vocal coaches so far. So I am self-taught, but I had. A one-on-one lesson with CJ McMahon of Fire and His Murder. That's fucking awesome, man. That's actually yeah. really cool. That was I, a fucking crazy experience. How was that? How was the uh, the teaching experience? Did like everything he was saying make sense, or? Oh yeah, he gave me like breathing lessons. He gave me like you know tips on you know and what to do when I'm recording, what what I do when I play live. Sick. You know, and you know, warming warm-ups and shit, but, like, I just want to make a fact real quick that he is the best vocalist in the scene right now. Ooh. He completely holds back on Thayer's murder. Yeah. He's crazy as fuck because he was sitting there just talking about, like, techniques, and he's like, if you want to do a tunnel throat high, he just rips a tunnel throat high. If you want to do, like, some crazy shit, like, you know, like, pig squeals, like, he just does it, and, you know, everything's like, you know, I'm just watching him. And I'm really? Like, what the fuck? And then he starts singing. Ooh. Like, like this dude... Oh, pony, and I'm not gonna lie, I was part of that crowd. Yeah, one on one, that was like, bro. Yeah, fucking crazy. And that's actually pretty surreal to hear that, despite everything he's been able to accomplish vocally and lyrically with Thy Artist Murder, he's holding back. Yes, that's some like definitely holding back. That is some anime level shit right there. Just like you haven't even seen me in my peak potential or whatever. <laughs> like quite literally, we haven't heard that yet. And a part of me now, hearing that, hearing this from Mr. Bryce, really hoping that with the next Die Art record, because I know they're cooking that up, and they have the Return from the Gulag tour coming uh, this summer, I think, to the States, with Brand of Sacrifice, Currents, and another band. I forgot which one, but they're going to be coming to the States, super hyped for that, and I think they're going to be stopping by Florida. They're not stopping by Tennessee, which is freaking ass, but oh well. Um not their fault by any means so there we go with that um a lot of a lot of concerts a lot of tours not coming to tennessee this year it's really weird the one year i move out here it's like music city 
you would think every, everybody's coming through, but apparently not. Yeah, um, that's how I feel. I just been <laughs> to North Carolina and like. Oh really? Yeah, I'm in North Carolina right now. Oh shit! My best buddy, uh, my best friend, and uh, his his little family—they're over in North Carolina too. I for, I keep on forgetting which city. I know it's in northern North Carolina, but I forgot what city. I know it's pretty close to Charlotte too, but the name is just so hard to remember. Yeah, I'm on the so, other side of the state, and like uh, the closest venues are like an hour and a half away. Yeah, yep, that makes sense. It just sucks. It no, it really does. I'm in like the middle, like middle Tennessee, but pretty southeast. I'm in like uh, I'll I'll. It's just a, it's far, and it's about the same distance because Nashville, uh, Chattanooga, and Knoxville are where the venues are, and. Knoxville, that's three hours away. Nashville, that's about an hour. And then Chattanooga, that's about two. It sucks. But whatever. <laughs> it's just another complication to come with it. But yeah, it's actually really cool to hear that um, that CJ can do all that stuff. And for a second, when you when you said CJ, I'm like, McCreary? <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I didn't know he was doing... I was like, is he doing vocal lessons though? But I mean... Massive respect to uh, Mr. CJ from Die Art is Murder because that guy is a beast. And their la- their last, their whole discography, really, just looking back on it, has been really fun to listen to and to see how they've evolved over time and just, like, sustain their, uh, their spot in the scene has been really cool to witness. And I can only hope that continues into the future. But continuing on, we have um, the fact that you were doing the lessons with CJ. Um, and I also wanted to point out something that you said earlier as a vocalist, your goal has been from the beginning to see people kind of unwind from the stage perspective. Um, so that's, that's definitely a different take speaking for vocals or like as a vocalist wanting to be in a band in the future, it is very different to hear that basically, you're wanting mostly to just see the chaos unwind from that perspective. So, like, go, is it is there any way you can go into a little bit more detail and like the mindset behind that? Because, like, I don't know, that's just new to me as a vocalist. Usually, I think of vocals as like I want to tell a story or I want to state, um, I want to make a statement or send a message out into the world. You're like, nah, dude, I just want to see people sock each other in the face from the stage like get get the good balcony seats right there <laughs> same like, though <laughs> like, um, what was it my uh my take on it is i was never really like the popular kid you know i really never had like oh. all eyes on me so like i wanted to be like i want you guys to pay attention to me and listen to me yeah and I want you people to like, you know, I want people to like what I also write too, you know, like don't get me wrong, there's, like, there's a bunch of stories that I can go into when it comes to like what I want to write, you know. Yeah. Really like, you know, it's how you're feeling, what you're, you know, doing during uh, that point in your life. But like, mm-hmm. I also really wanted to like see people enjoy what I'm enjoying. Yeah. Because like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, you write it for yourself which is you know 90 percent true for me yeah and then the other 10 percent it's like i just want to see like we write it for the people yeah i want to see people get like fucked up like, yeah that. yeah it's it's definitely a different analyzation of the uh of that whole scenario especially because like 
me and you, for example, I don't have a solid band project. I don't have any music out. But, you know, neither of us have been on stage yet. Actually, no. I've, I have performed, but that was for an acoustic show, and that was a cover at a school. That, that, was, that was a little bit intimidating, but that's, that's not really anything compared to doing what you actually want to do on stage. So, like, it's just different. It's, it's interesting to hear that perspective because, like, I think that half the vocalists in the scene would, all, would also be saying that even after years of having that spotlight and being able to play these albums and EPs and singles live. They're just like, it's different to have that perspective of just like earpiece. That's all you can hear. You're just trying to make over time. Of course, as you get bigger and bigger sound check, boom, you can hear, you can see the crowd. Everybody's focused on you. And it's like, I want to see hate. I want to see bloodshed. And, you know, just having that opportunity and just having that mindset before, before blah, blah, beforehand, I think is really, really interesting. And that's going to be very, very important for um, your stage presence in the future. I make it sound like I'm Janet or Melissa Cross or something. She's just like, as a front man, just be sure to remember about that presence. Have very strong presence. I'm like, I, I haven't even done that yet. But it's, it's just really cool um, to hear you saying that as if you've already been on stage and you've already had the opportunity to, opportunity to enjoy that perspective and you're just like i want to see people on fucking hinge man like listen to divine destruction and uh, uh trying to think of a word that starts with d um um yeah destroy well right um like disengage destruction or something like that. Mm. We bring divine destruction, so disengage, unwind, like unleash destruction. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, but <laughs> it's just really cool. Been on stage. You have been on stage. Yeah, I was. Uh, like in chronological order, divine destruction was started in 2017 with someone else, and then oh. after high school, I. Uh, started venturing out and I found some people who went to a different high school and right. graduated and we started a band called Plagborn. Oh, interesting. And we have a single out on YouTube. It's uh it's pretty shitty. But, <laughs> but like we would play the local shows down in Jacksonville and it was mind blowing dude. Like I still have yeah. like, the, like our full set on my phone. Yeah. So, and like I'm just like cheesing on stage the entire time. <laughs> Another video on my YouTube account, and uh, it's our last song, our last set we've ever played. Yeah, like you can just see like I was getting into it. Like, yeah, cheesing on stage like oh I'm fucking fucking up here to like I'm actually wearing the same shirt like oh legit played live and and just I... fucking hate straight hate i even sent uh alex uh, a video because we covered uh what our song that we would cover yeah nothing local band has to cover a song i guess right recreant oh or would like lose their fucking shit to it dude yeah <laughs> i swear like okay speaking for classics and like it's almost like a bucket list song right because you got songs like unanswered by suicide silence almost every freaking vocalist in the scene by now has covered that vocally now i think recreant is like in second place 
So when you think of covers and you're like, I want to be a deathcore vocalist, but how do I make my, how do I make my, like put my foot down in the scene, put my foot in the door, open the door of opportunity. Well, I got to cover unanswered and I got to cover recreate. Like that's kind of the mindset to me with those types of songs. You got recreate, you got unanswered, um, probably a Whitechapel song, like the elitist ones or something that, that might just be me, but I don't know. It's like you, over time, we've just kind of added those songs to that roster. It's like, God, do these covers if I want to be a deathcore vocalist, man. But it's really funny because those songs are so good. So, of course, everybody's going to cover them eventually. But it's, it's also, you know, awesome to hear that your first band project decided to play that as well on stage. Like, that's super cool. I love that. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was definitely a fun experience. And then, like, we started like a rebranding phase after that like we yeah uh members like you know split off and then it was just three of us and then larry from the white bear project and i have another band that we're still working on to this day with someone else called disciples of exile yeah yeah i remember that one i've seen that one and uh we're still working on it in case you're curious yes so we're still uh but we started doing that and we started to find members and then like, you know, beef that would just randomly happen or like people would just lose interest. And then ever since then, like what, 2017, 2018, I haven't been on stage. So like, I'm like depraved of like that. Energy. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It makes sense. And, um, Let's see. Disciples of Exile. Definitely want to hear about that in the future because um, I've heard a lot of great things from Larry about like what y'all have been cooking up over time. And with the pandemic, I'm sure that complicated things exponentially. Just speaking oh, yeah. for the writing process and trying to get things together, trying to get musicians. it's I'm sure it's happened to almost everybody in the scene um, up to this point because of that specifically. We got Playborn. That was your first project, and that would have been a question I would have um I would have asked beforehand. Just like, were you in, in any projects before Divine Destruction, and how far did they go? Technically, like, no, I wasn't in a project before Divine Destruction. Well, after because mm. Divine Destruction started right in the beginning of my senior year of high school. Right, and then we released one EP, and then kind of like left it at that and then I started finding people to be in a live band and then it didn't work out right and our lovely friend Larry introduced me to the greatest Canadian on the planet <laughs> yeah Mr. Sevigny the beast <laughs> two kinds <laughs> Thanks, the, the real of question course. is when is Sevigny going to join the anatomy podcast as a permanent <laughs> Right. Co-host, let's go. Co-host, let's go, baby. We'll just go ahead and start another session, and we'll see how they like that. But um, let's see. So we were continuing off. This is obviously episode 19 for me in the future. That way I don't get mad confused. Um, future being maybe an hour from now, because I have terrible memory. Um, That's a long time away. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> but um we were continuing we left off i think we were talking about how technically plague born was not your first project 
or something of yeah. that nature. Yes. Uh, so divine destruction. I started joining uh, these Facebook pages like Pure Metalcore Collective. Ah, uh, yeah. But the, it was uh, something else. It was like Total Deathcore back in those days. Ah, uh, yeah. Deathcore. <laughs> uh, I had a, um, I saw a guy. Uh, uh, his name is Keith. He uh, posted on a page, you know, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm looking for a vocalist to uh, record on this track and possibly start a band with me." You know, okay. he, lives, he lives in like Kansas or wherever the fuck that is. Uh, no, Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas. He mm-hmm. lives in Arkansas. No, Kansas. Some Midwest state. <laughs> Our Kansas. <laughs> Somewhere in the Tornado Valley. Uh, so right. the, uh, I actually started collectively like getting recording equipment. You know, I got like a. It was very bad. Like I had a Benjir audio interface. I had a a computer, and then I had like it looked like a a ripoff. It was a like a five dollar. It looked like a shirt, uh, fifty seven. Okay. Fifty microphone, but a fifty seven, like we're used to record instruments with. Yeah. And I'm here, you know. Oh, I can try it, and we did it, and it was a bro let's start a band. I was like, sure, let's, let's do that. You know, I'm a Bro. right. <laughs> and uh, we were trying to come up with a uh, band names for it. And uh, my suggestion was shot down. And I still remember the band name for some reason. Uh, the band name would have been the, the servant girl annihilator. The serpent girl annihilator. The, the servant, like a, like a, like a servant. Person. Oh Yeah. I guess it's like a, a famous murderer that I knew at the time. Ooh, okay. And uh, he was like, no, what about divine destruction? And I was like, you know, I didn't really have like arguments. I was like, eh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, for real. I mean. Along the way, like, you know, Bloodborne and Disciples of Exile. But then. Yeah. Those are still there yeah no they're, they're still on the back burner but they still exist so eventually they might have some traction with them and that's completely fine because musicians are very very busy people music enthusiasts are very very busy people i should know and i haven't even fucking like i i maybe have one cover on my channel and that's kind of a shitty one track cover like it, it didn't really seem to get any traction so i can only assume people are like that wasn't that great and i'm like <laughs> i know <laughs> so I'm definitely working on more, but you know, nonetheless, the grind is everlasting, and that's that's probably the most difficult part about it is when you're wanting to devote time to certain projects, and you're just like, well, I have this one though, and I also have this one, but I also want to do all three at once, even though I don't have the time. I have a job. Fuck, like that. That's always at the back of the mind for a musician. But um, hands down, I think it's very interesting the original name that you were going to provide for divine destruction um the servant girl annihilator like i think that's actually pretty interesting maiden list murderer though or maiden murderer though that could have been pretty interesting yeah. uh, i don't remember much about it i just know there was like some dude in like the late 1800s early 1900s breaking yeah. the houses and you where we left off third time's a charm um let's see where did we leave off I think Bryce was talking about the 
the murderer yeah. from the 1800s. Yes. Yeah. yeah the, the, like he would just like break in the like houses that you know were occupied by one female and like make them like sit in the frame position at the foot of the bed and he would just like hit him over the head with an axe. Oh. Yeah. Oh dang. That's, that's brutal. That's yeah. terrible actually. <laughs> but um well good to know the the background on that <laughs> name. I I do prefer the current band name. I yeah the, uh, I think I do too. <laughs> Maiden Mutilator or something like that. New, uh, That's some new version slamming of- shit. Yeah, for real. Just toilet bowl, all that <laughs> yeah. other shit. But in that case, um, we'll go ahead and migrate over to the second half of the session because obviously we know more than enough about Mr. Alex. So <laughs> those who have been following the podcast, you're like, yeah, move on, move on. We already know. Who <laughs> I'm, so- I'm old news now. <laughs> who is, never who is heard of him before. He's so mysterious. He's always popping up. <laughs> like <laughs> background on the scene. But um actually before we move on to that, I wanted to go ahead and pluck from Mr. Bryce either top five records, so albums, whether EPs, albums, or even singles, I guess, maybe standalone singles that never made it into the lineup of certain records, or top five artists that have either influenced you as a musician, as a person, or more specifically, have helped you decide and forge the sound for Divine Destruction. You may take it away, sir. So my number one favorite album of all time would probably have to be Flesh Coffin by Lorna Shore. I saw the tattoo. Yeah, Yeah, I have a a Flesh Coffin tattooed on me. Uh, And... Die Without Hope by Carnifex. Okay. That, that was very life-changing when I heard that. I was like, Whoa. Right. And, uh, the Desolation of Eden by Chelsea Grin. Hey, yeah, there we go. Um, the Somatic Department by Whitechapel. Okay. And then, let's see, you got two more. I got, uh, I can't even say the word because hmm. it's, a big word. One of the cattle decapitation albums. <laughs> okay. And uh, I can't, it's not the one that came out most recently, even though that's a fucking banger of an album, the one that came out before. Right. That's when I introduced to them. And then Infant Annihilator, Palpable Leprosy of Pollution. I could say that, but I can't say any other fucking word. <laughs> Is it the Anthropocene Extinction? Is that the one you're thinking of? Yes. There, there you go. There you go. So, in that case, um, we got top five records, and I can only imagine that CJ was one of your biggest influences, biggest helps with becoming a musician and kind of channeling all the rage that you have unleashed upon what is Divine Destruction so far, which is absolutely awesome. And I can only hope that in the future, what we've heard so far from Divine Destruction being the uh, My Suffering EP so far, um, which we'll, we will be talking about later in full detail, and that should be really fun. Um, like, just uh, all those massive, massive records for Deathcore and for Death Metal, slamming Death Metal, all that fun stuff. That should be more than entertaining. Ooh, hello. Um, so, speaking on behalf of that and kind of migrating into the next part, We talk about the band. We discuss how this project was made. 
obviously the all the entirety of participants is with us today, which is really, really cool. Always nice to have everybody in the house on stream. Full house. There we go. So my first question being, speaking for Divine Destruction, how was Divine Destruction and that name established? Because we talked now about the suggested name before and the background with that. So is Divine Destruction another kind of like, yeah, this sounds pretty sick? Or is there some lore behind it? Is there some background behind it? Um, something that we can kind of add as far as context to what is my suffering and the future endeavors of this band. So the name behind Divine Destruction was kind of like more on the whole, this sounds sick. Right. Side because uh, when I, you know, suggested the other name, uh, Keith was like, no, let's let's do something like, you know, what's someone kind of like godlike, you know, kind of like, yeah, is godlike. But it's also like death, you know. Yes. Something along that line, like you know, you say one thing, but it's followed by something that's the complete opposite of what's going on. Ah, so yeah. That's how uh, he came up with divine destruction. It's a. I know there's actually a word for that when you have two opposites in the same sentence. Like I notice a lot of bands do it with even their their song names. Uh, so I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but I get what you mean. And it's cool that at the very least, when you guys were thinking of the name, you're like, what's something that counters the other? And that sounds really good together. Maybe even the same letters, because it's really good for marketing when you can catch people's eye, just like, oh God, but also death. Like, and then both starting with D really good. Again, really good for marketing. It's really easy to promote. It's really easy to remember too. Um, cause everybody understands what balance is night and day, yeah. black and white, uh, evil and good. But with that being said, uh, at the very least up to this point with you having one EP out and then continuing your creative endeavors for this band in the future, is there a headcanon going on for a story or a meaning behind the name? If not, that's completely fine, but I always like to, uh, kind of just pick people's brains on that because some sometimes we've had it on the podcast before people are like yeah i mean the the name is what it is but like it's really about this and that's what it means to me like what it means to you i guess um i don't know i wasn't i, I don't know if i have an answer for that to be honest it's just uh i just know like when we came up with that name we were like we're gonna have our first ep be about you know tyranny you know, yeah about you know kind of brings it all the light because like you know a lot of countries like north korea for an example kim jong-un like you know he portrays himself as a god as, as a god to his people so in their eyes he is divine but he'd also be executing his own people with anti-air guns yeah so it's yeah yeah, there you go. And that that's definitely something to apply to is just like tyrannic rule and stuff because disembodied tyrant, that's another name we've had on the podcast before, that literally the name emerges from what is a vampiric spirit with her organs out and just like her hair and like that's her whole thing. It's really weird, but it's also super interesting. So people portraying themselves as gods, false deities, false prophets but then they invoke destruction as if they are a god, but a god of death, like Odin or Hedda, in, in my own 
religion in the pantheon that I follow. So, I mean, there you go. There's some background, and that's definitely an analogy that applies to plenty of people in power these days, whether it be Biden, whether it be Putin, whether it be Kim Jong-un. And I'll name drop every single one of these motherfuckers because it's true. No matter what country it is, unfortunately, in the real world, in the brutal and very visceral part of the real world, almost every person ever who has been in power is also responsible for just absolute genocide and just absolute mass murder for almost no reason at all, except for either money or being a patriot or serving your country, fighting for your country or like money, which is absolutely awful. It's terrible. It's a very selfish and human thing to do apparently. So yeah, divine destruction, divine being tyrants destruction being the reality there you go so then with this being one of your many projects mr mm -hmm. savigny i wanted to ask you how you ended up approaching uh this project like how you two have kind of decided on what makes divine destruction divine destruction and how this has kind of differentiated and distinguished itself alongside all of your other projects mr savigny so I think a big thing that sets Divine Destruction apart from the other projects is largely we always try to have like a lot of atmosphere, I think, mm. and have more of like that gloomy, sometimes epic, dark sound. Okay. Whereas um, like Planet Killer, for example, is more just kind of like straight up fight riffs and beat yeah. each other up. Divine Destruction always tries to have that like darker layer underneath it all i would say yeah okay and so in that case would you both consider this project to be more of like a standard deathcore project or maybe even like a blackened project despite the lack of maybe corpse paint influence in the imagery or the monochrome art or anything of that nature because obviously not every band in fact i'll correct myself no band in this scene that calls themselves black and deathcore or like black metal or deathcore black and ambient influence blah 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 because there are so many like Carnifex, Lorna Shore, Worm Shepherd, uh, Shine of Malice definitely was one of them toward those like very very deep into the occult but they don't do corpse paint or anything like that so you got all these like little niche things going on but would you guys consider Divine Destruction a black and deathcore project or is it more or less a deathcore project with blackened ambient just atmospheric influence say it's very black metal influenced like we definitely are towards the black and deathcore but i guess more often our own more standard deathcore area as opposed to some of the bands like you mentioned yeah because you're right like we're not super dismally monochromatic or wearing corpse paint and stuff but we do yeah. have a lot of like the atmosphere that black metal has we try to right you try to, to invoke that yeah yeah and i mean especially compared to projects like slaughter the false prophet which that was an episode we did recently with mr alex savinia because that is another one of his projects with alec maleficus lopez um that was also a very awesome session so if you guys are interested be sure to click the link on that as well because we are working and collaborating as much as possible right now to get malboga established and opened up to the community it is opened up but you know we're just working on stuff just like the beginning of druid house was it's just kind of a rough start 
And uh, we're trying to get everything together and ready for the next step, which super excited for that. Um, so, Mr. Bryce, what would you say is the most important thing um, when it comes to writing any of the Divine Destruction songs so far? Is there something that you're always aiming for when it comes to the environment musically, the atmosphere? Um, or is it kind of just varying across all the songs? That way there's a lot more variety to the project. It definitely varies because like, you know, you got like, you know, on one song, The Witch. Yeah. I'm talking about basically, you know, stuff that involves a witch, you know, just like a fairy tale story. Yeah. And then you got My Suffering, which is, you know, about like, you know, a true fear of mine, you know. So like, it's just like, it, it varies. And then there's like other stuff like Last Favor, nothing to do with any of that. Right. And um, if it weren't for me, another track, something completely random, nothing to do with any of the other tracks. Yeah. It, everything's kind of random. And then, but uh, the previous EP was going off the first EP. Yeah. The first two EPs actually tell the same story. Okay. Just continued on. And then that, the My Suffering EP was just totally different. Right. Yeah naturally and we will definitely have some fun talking about my suffering and you know most of the the discography now which um you guys are climbing into like half a hundred thousand uh streams on spotify on most of the tracks from my suffering which is super cool to see just smaller bands that i've noticed over time through plague promotions and other means that are jumping up in the scoreboard and just like starting to rack together those uh those streams so thank you to everybody who has been streaming these awesome bands on spotify big shout out to y'all because i mean it is the community that helps forge and sustain the life force of any project and band no matter what it is so um, obviously much appreciation to all you guys. You guys are what makes the scene continue to thrive and continue to just evolve and move forward. Um, so let's see, trying to think of the best way to continue forward because obviously we've covered the meaning of the name and we've covered like how you guys have been approaching the project so far. Um, let's see, let's see. And well, obviously we're going to be covering my suffering here in a little bit. So I guess my question would be up to this point, uh, what are some milestones that you guys have accomplished with Divine Destruction that, you know, you're just really proud of so far? Um, I would say like partnering with Reality Fade for uh, physical copies of both My Suffering when it came out and the EP before it, A World in My Image. That was super huge. Um, Shout out to Dimitri from Reality Fade for yes. being just like a stand-up guy to work with. And like thoughts and prayers going out for him too because he's in Ukraine yes. or his label's in Ukraine. I think he's mm. been in Cyrus, um, one of those European islands. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, partnering with them was super big for us. Um, I don't know, Bryce, maybe you have uh, some milestones you could share too. Just stuff where you were like, oh, fuck yeah, like we're out here doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we uh, put out, you know, you guys can buy our physical CDs. Yes. You guys can buy our shirts. We sold out on all of our CDs, our physical CDs, before they even got mailed to me. Oh, really? Yeah. We oh, yeah, our them. first run. Yeah, our first run. And uh, 
some people were like, hey, can you sign this for me? And I was like, what? That's never happened. I'm like geeking out, you know, like looking at it. I'm like showing my wife. I'm like, look. (laughs) (laughs) And like, it was like a, it was nice, but it was also like, you know, they wanted us, uh, you know, both of us to sign it. So yeah, I guess it was kind of like not much of a pain. Yeah. It's like, you know, I lived in Florida at the time. Yeah. I was in Canada on the exact opposite side of the country. So I had to like. Exactly. Makeshift some bullshit to make sure it didn't crack and like, you know, mail it out to him when I mailed out all the other CDs. Right. And that was just like a very surreal moment for me. Yeah. Just like kind of that impact. And just out of nowhere, they're just like, hey, hey, okay, we, we. The people demand your signature, sir. <laughs> they did. De- they desire your hand clock, which is ancient lingo for signature. So it was like, oh, what? What did you just say? But um, <laughs> no, that's actually really cool. And that's speaking for the past, of course. And like the past is always relevant. That's history in the making. And that's what's really important to these bands is those important milestones. I know I would be in that same position if people were like, hey, can you sign my CD? I'm like, wait, what the fuck? We don't even have a full lineup yet or whatever. <laughs> like, that's that's always really fun. So I guess looking forward to the future, um, I can only imagine you guys are in the currently in the writing process for whatever you have yet to unveil, whether this year, next year, or sometime in the future. What can you guys tell us about the future of Divine Destruction continuing into 2022 and migrating into 2023. So definitely, I think getting a live lineup is something we'd be super stoked to get together. I know Bryce has been trying to do that for a while now. Right. I think playing shows would be huge for Divine Destruction. I think our material just live would be awesome just to experience and like feel the vibes in a venue and stuff. Right. And then, oh. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. (laughs) Additionally, we've, um, we haven't really talked much about this yet. So this is like breaking news for us, I guess. But we have a collaboration track with some close friends, vocalist friends of ours that we're hoping to drop this year. Okay. Like uh, about five, six minute track, I think it is. So more to come on that. But we're, yeah, we're really stoked to show people that track. Okay. Cool. So we got a new single that might be coming out later this year for sure. And I mean, yeah, other than that, they are currently looking for people, whether let's see, you guys said drummer, bassist, guitarist, like the whole nine yards, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they are currently looking and searching for drummers, rhythm guitarists, or I, I say it plurally as if they're wanting like three different drummers. No, um, they're, they're wanting to get a drummer, rhythm, lead, and a bassist. Obviously, Bryce is going to be handling the vocals and Mr. Savigny, he's been handling the instrumentals up to this point. But to anybody who's listening to this podcast and um, lives in the southeastern section of the United States, basically, um, and if you're willing to drive, that's that's what he said on his own Facebook status. So I'll go ahead and just quote him on that. Anybody who's willing to drive, anybody who's willing to learn, um, there's an opportunity right there. And this is going to be a band that blows up here in the near future. I know that for sure. Um, I guess, let's see. Are you guys planning to, um, in the future, with future releases, 
is there like a narrative continuity that you guys are aiming to attack or kind of utilize head on or is it going to be kind of um, various as far as the lyrical content and stuff? Various, but in the same realm, same area. Basically, right. uh, through my experiences so far in life, whether it be my old job or, you know, here. Yeah. Like watching people, like people are terrible. Yeah. They definitely like, have the potential to be. People are just nasty, like people. Like, and I've, I've seen people at their lowest lows where they're like desperate to do like disgusting heinous shit like you know just yeah shit and like you like you don't even know like it's bad like i've seen (laughs) fucked up shit and like it's like i've seen people do even more fucked up shit to other people seen people do fucked up shit to themselves and it's just kind of like just that perspective really yeah i'm like you guys are fucking idiots (laughs) (laughs) animals yeah well to say the least ladies and gentlemen that will wrap it up for episode 19 of the anatomy podcast with alex venier and bryce from divine destruction it was an absolute honor to have them on for the 19th episode it's crazy that we're almost at 20 episodes people and episode 20 is going to be uploaded uh sometime on the 23rd we will be having goal let's see goal golthen from Louisiana, basically swamp. That they, they, it's like infinite annihilator, especially with the vocal techniques, and it's going to be our first lacerated enemy artist on the podcast, which should be really cool. But basically, I can't describe it other than being a more swampy and more like primitive, more caveman uh, looking version of infinite annihilator. So it should be really, really cool. But thank you both for um, stopping by on the anatomy podcast telling the story of divine destruction so far preparing us for what you guys have yet to unveil this year and other than that um, we're going to be doing an under the skin session for my, my suffering right after this so stay tuned for that and otherwise you guys enjoy your day thank you guys for stopping by thanks so much dude of course